0: Hello, my name is Carlotta Mastriani, and this is the Maryline podcast. I am passionate about investigating and mapping ancient knowledge in a way that is accessible to everyone. In this podcast, I will be searching far and wide for the most authentic spirituality of this day and age. I will be interviewing visionary leaders in their field and searching for the echoes of the Mary Line in different traditions in corners of the globe. It's time to break some molds and old paradigms, resurrect the truth, and start again. So let's dive in. Dear Domi, hello. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for being here today on this MaryLine podcast. I'm so happy to have you here.
1: So excited to be in your presence and to do this.
0: I am particularly honored that you're here as my teacher and mentor and guide for all these years. And this is the first interview that we do for the MaryLine podcast. And to me, it was important because everything that you teach for me is so foundational to this feminine path and also to the Mary line. And um, I remember at the first time I experienced your fierce love and and your grace uh, was so many years ago, but six years ago, I was five months pregnant and my friend Eva said, come to a sexuality workshop. And I had so much resistance because I was thinking, gosh, now I'm pregnant and I'm going to a sexuality <laughs> workshop. What is happening? And And I felt I had to come and even though my ego was resisting so powerfully. And then the moment I met you, I just fell in love. And to me, the words that you were speaking really spoke to my soul. And I'd never met anyone who used the same language as me and particularly spoke about the holy, the soul fire and um, the landscape and mythology of the body. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit about how that started and where the principles of your work are rooted.
1: Well, where I started, actually, my background, you know, I was raised in France and my love was always the art, I think, because I seek the the connection with humanity the depth of humanity and art was the vehicle for me so i wrote poetry i had a book published i was acting i pursued dance also and then years later when i was about 28 years old and i was by then living in this country i had one of my best friends who had done um, an intensive with a professional ballerina her name is Joy Burda, and she had, and she had learned. She worked with Boris and all some of the top, you know, really famous dancers. And she started seeing that there was emotional pattern in the dancers, but she connected to the use of the body. So in her work, she really was teaching how to connect to the intelligence to the of the body, and my friends told me, I I don't know why, but I feel like if you work with her, you will know what you were born to do. Wow. Uh, Words. (laughs) Obviously that was really powerful. So I decided to do an intensive with this dancer. And at the end of the, the intensive, she took me aside and she said, there is a wisdom in your body that is yours and you need to teach. And I remember Carlota, I was like, I have no idea what she's talking about. I want to be an actress. I want to be, I mean, it was like, it didn't make any sense. And she said, I gave you the alphabet of your language, but the wisdom is in you. And when you walk in a room, it will come back as you hold the space and you guide people. And it will be very feminine because you will source it from your soul and from the unknown. So I had 10 guinea pigs, friends, Yeah, and it's how I started everything. And I think the important thing here in relationship to what we're going to talk about, which is the divine female and the very specific aspect, I think, that I teach and that you teach in your own way, is that everything I have discovered in the whole philosophy in a certain way was discovered because... In all of my workshop over 20 years, the first 20 years, I would set up theme. I would never know anything more than the theme and maybe one question. And then through the exercise, which I think for your listeners and viewers, it's all through movement. So the technique is very simple. I ask you a question. I teach you a way to suspend the mind from answering and then through your body, you begin answering from the unconscious and from the body wisdom. And what I'm seeing is that within the uniqueness of any question I would ask within any theme, there would be some consistent thread of answer that started mapping for me me, the map of a human being. Mm -hmm. The uniqueness and then there was the collective. It was like Revealing to me the skeleton, in a way, the DNA, the map of the soul and the soul in relationship to the body. So everything we're going to talk about today was discovered in that way. That's beautiful. And what I discovered is that the human body obviously has, is a vehicle for our spirit the divine masculine and the divine female to merge. And within the realm of the feminine, you know, union psychology who I'm very attracted to or the Joseph Campbell mythology, they still understand it more from the, the unconscious mind or the psyche. What I discovered was more from the body coming from that the body is a microcosm of the earth. Therefore, within the body contains the principle, the most powerful principle of nature. And the fundamental thing I learned is that although so many people, I think, are on the path of desiring and understanding the need to reclaim the feminine, most people still hold it that the feminine is within the receptive world, it's the empathy it's the energy of water, Mm. it's creative, it's merging, it's personal, it's relational. But the part I discovered is that the aspect of the feminine that we all need to reclaim is specific to sexuality. And that applies to men and women. So I'm just going to take an example. Through many workshops and working with people from different backgrounds, different age, men, women, social economic differences, all different ages. The bottom line that got revealed was that there is within the soul an inherent wound. I call it the primal wound. And that primal wound is within the energy of fire because we could look at the soul as the natural world, therefore, it encompasses different energy. Earth, water, air, um, earth, water, air, and fire represent those energy, the, the chemistry, the alchemy of it. And each one has a connection to psychology, to feelings, to thoughts, and to a certain realm that is part of being human. The aspect of the feminine, I discovered that every woman or man has to address is the primal wound. And the image, the best way I can describe it is if you imagine that your soul is a pie and within that pie, there's different sections, and each section represents specific energy. And in the soul realm, we tend to use archetypes because it's an embodiment, Of energy. So there is a multitude of archetypes, right? There is the hero, there is the warrior, there is the mother, artist, sage. Each soul is made of different archetypes that creates the uniqueness of a human being. But every soul has that wound that is in the fire, in the sexual energy. And that wound is what is indispensable to have to heal because it is in the fire that you can get the wisdom of dealing with the shadow. Mm-hmm. Let me explain that. Yeah. What, what's that paradox and paradox between the wound and the shadow? If everything in the soul or everything that exists in nature doesn't resist anything, So if there is a primal wound within the soul that is in the fire, the natural impulse of life is to want to heal it because life doesn't resist. So why is it that all humans are dissociated from it, separated from it, fragmented from it? It's because in a way, the, the, the original wound holds a certain trauma. So imagine that pie And then imagine that wound. When the soul in any given lifetime has an experience of that wound, there is a reaction. It reacts by breaking apart the pieces that construct the wholeness. The space created behind, in between the the pieces is what I call the shadow. It is the energy that will do anything, to never bring the whole pie together because it's the only energy that believes it will not evolve, but it will die. So the, the consciousness of the shadow is to sustain life by opposing wholeness. Yes. Best way it can do it is to ensure we do not heal the sexual wound because it is actually the sexual wound that when it is healed and transformed, give us the wisdom to never be duped mm-hmm. by the shadow. So
0: it's, it is the most powerful in a sense, our sexual life force energy is the most transformative and powerful.
1: Yes, because you know, I think a lot of people, they understand the feminine. They also understand the limitation of the ego. They understand that there is many practices now available to people to deal with the ego, to deal with transcending the ego, to reach higher consciousness, to to go beyond the personal identity from our conditioning. But the ego (laughs) is like a little toy to the shadow, because if you believe in reincarnation and you understand that the soul evolved through different lifetimes in a way the soul is a book it has its history and each chapter would be one life when we die we all, for those of us who believe that we believe that the ego is gone and what we t- remain is the soul and the spirit well the the soul takes the shadow the soul takes the shadow the wound, and the other archetypical aspect that forms the totality of who you are. So it is indispensable to deal with the shadow and to deal with the wound because it's the entry point to bring back wholeness.
0: Yes. And one thing that I've learned working with you is that the shadow can look so many different ways. It's not just the dark. It can also look like the light sometimes. And it's incredibly good at disguising
1: itself. Can you give us some examples of that? Well, I, it's funny. And I, I was thinking about that. That's interesting you bringing that up. I was talking to a man, actually, I've worked with for a long time, who really has been courageous in wanting to deal with his shadow in relationship to love. And some of the work we've done is around How does the shadow of a man, when that man is in love with a woman, will compete and feel threatened by the feminine? Because the shadow is threatened by the feminine. It's threatened by the feminine within a a human, the man or the woman, because it's the part that doesn't want to heal that wound, which is in the female. And it's going to be afraid of the feminine and the sacred in another woman. And this man was so committed so afraid of how a shadow once in love would start undoing. And I gave him, you know, example and he would bring it up to me. I started criticizing her. No, I mean, like, he could recognize all the different ways that men, a lot, most men, will say, Yep, I went through that. <laughs> they either give in and leave and justify, or they move through it. And he was so proud because he really learned to understand how to recognize the shadow in those negative ways. And I said to him, well, now that you got it like that, guess what? It's going to hide in the closet and it's going to wait. And then when your wound is triggered with the woman you are in love, now that it knows you're catching it this way, it will con you another way. And then sure enough, Things evolved. The more he fell in love with his wife, the more he started feeling the wound. But the way the shadow acted was not in the old way. It was the opposite. It was like the more he fell in love with his wife, the more he triggered the wound of abandonment, his own vulnerability, his own feeling of weakness. And the shadow showed up by controlling through ideally idealizing her and creating this whole thing that on the outside like looks like oh my god he's so in love everything is wonderful but internally the entry point is the shadow yeah so
0: the shadow is shape shifting Shadow is, so anyways. And so how do we f- listening to this? It sounds a bit scary. like how how do we begin to work with the shadow
1: and have but, that awareness? You know because the 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 wound or- originated in the sexual energy, and when I say that, I don't mean sex as a sole expression, because to me, sexual energy is wise. It reads the shadow, it has depth, it has intelligence. And sex is one of the ways that will reflect back to us where the wound is, where the path is to transform. So I think one of the beginning, if you haven't done the sexuality workshop like you did, which I think really reflects back where you come from but is not conscious in relationship to life, I think the maiden, I mean, which you know, you yeah. understand is for women. For men, it would be a different path. But for women, because the wound is sexual, I think it is important to deal with the maiden archetype, which is the first part of a girl who awakens to sexuality.
0: Yes. Yes. Could you please say a little bit about that? Because I know that I've been through that course with you that, you know, you're still offering and it's just such an incredible transformation.
1: Well, the maiden in a girl is the first part that awakens to sexuality. And you know, when I've worked, I love to work with men as much as I love to work with women, because to me, the divine female is about both (laughs) and it is about transforming all the shadows of the patriarchal that has in obvious way controlled women, oppressed women and devastated women collectively and individually throughout many years in history, but men also have been affected by it. Yeah. because They've been controlled by a patriarchal who says that they have to be the shadow to be powerful. And if they don't, not that the shadow, they're weak. So they also have in many different ways been affected. So the journey is a little different. They don't have a maiden. But a a boy tends to be wired sexually in a different way than a girl. Usually a boy, it's it's more visual, mental and the identification with his hormone and his penis. I remember my son going, oh my God, and I have no control of it. The (laughs) girl tends to be more in the imagination and the emotional realm. Some girls have more the hormones also, you know, that guides them. But generally speaking, the fairy tale, <laughs> the prince charming. Yes. And if we hold that all human are born with a primal wound in this soul and it is sexual. It should be essential to make sure that when a girl awakens sexually, it's the first thing we deal with because depending how she's going to develop her maiden, which is that first awakening to sexuality, if it's not integrated in the right way, it's only going to feed what on a soul level you need to heal. And that maiden will end up being used by the shadow or that maiden will look for Prince Charming to heal their wound. Yes, which is not possible. It's because, not possible.
0: Yeah, I believe you've said before that a woman cannot heal her wounds
1: through the man. A woman who is wounded by a man whether a man's shadow consciously, or maybe it's not even a shadow. <laughs> it could be that, you know, it triggers something in the woman. But when a man actively, if we look at the relationship in straight, the straight uh, relationship of a man and a, a woman, a girl and a boy, if a, a man intentionally or unintentionally does something disrespectful, betrayal, abusive, He is causing a wound and he has a responsibility to heal the wound, but it's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, and what we explored together was that any relationship a girl, a young woman enters, she's coming into it with her soul and that primal wound. When there is any desire to measure if that boy or that man loves them through being soothed by the man to soothe the wound, it (laughs) it will never, ever, ever work. What needs to happen is that a girl or a woman is connected to the wound and know the very nature of the wound and own and change their relationship to that wound to have power. So that when that wound is triggered, sometimes the man hasn't done anything wrong. But if that woman is coming from the maiden, which is Prince Charming, what comes with the maiden is the wound of the soul. Therefore, the maiden is going to desire Prince Charming to heal the wound. It will never work. The entry point is that a woman needs a man to heal their wound that the man has not created. That is your own nature. That is your own divine part of who you are. So for me, one of the entry points is to look at the maiden archetype, which is the first awakening to love, right? And as I tracked it, I could see that in some aboriginal cultures, you know, because they have more tradition of ritual, of rite of passage for boys and for girls. In the Western world, we don't have that. Yeah. So in the unconscious, when that part of you awaken, it will directly be in relationship to your mother. Ouch. <laughs> that can be a problem. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Some girls have had incredible relationship with their mother. It doesn't matter if I was positive or negative. It's not healthy because nothing was ritualized to actually separate from the mother right. and have the woman within the self to become the mother of your maiden. So the maiden gets shaped in the unconscious from very specific experiences in relationship to the mother and the collective of what is projected about being a woman. And it's, it's it's not healthy. Yeah, yeah. It damages her value. It damages what she's meant to be for a woman, which is the eternal youth and beauty of that archetype that needs to be correctly integrated in the woman, so that when you're 80 years old, 90 years old, 70 years old, that archetype of eternal beauty, of timelessness is still within you. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. not, we, we, we no longer seek it in the distorted way by which right now we're seeking it, which is a range mm-hmm. of aging and just the aesthetic of, you know, youth. Right. So we need to individuate
0: and from our mother, and then we need to really find our maiden, understand her qualities, and integrate her in a healthy way to come to the woman. But then as women, we can still hold the maiden, and we can, we can still welcome the maiden into our everyday life and certain interactions. But we have an integrated
1: maiden into our womanhood and well into our adulthood. So the first thing is to actually meet her archetypically because right now, even if I, we, we lined up hundreds of women and we say, okay, the part of your maiden is the part of you, you know, was youthful, once romance, describe what you think she is. Many people are going to describe it. And some some of it will be truthful, but it will never really compensate the truth because she lives in the body, in the unconscious, but nothing in the way we were raised steered us to, to meet her in the unconscious, to have a conscious understanding of that energy that lives, that is part of our fundamental makeup. So the first thing is To go back to her in her essence and then to see where she has been hurt, wounded, conditioned, giving part of herself up. Yeah. And step by step through tracking all these things, returning her to her integrity and her essence so that then you can do the ritualization of The woman within the self, replacing our own mother, Hmm. aligning her correctly within the self. So that then obviously growth is infinite. One, the logical step after that would be, oh, how does a new relationship can transform and as also steps in dealing with relationship with men, but to me. You have to first reclaim her and realign her with the self. Mm, And that is the
0: work we're responsible for before we come into union with the masculine.
1: It is the, yes, if not, the fairy tale of princess once prince is perpetuated in the unconscious and the conscious part of a woman. But it shouldn't be a maiden who choose the man. It should be the woman, including the maiden. Because the maiden comes from, I want Prince Charming to love me. But what humans don't understand consciously, it looks wonderful. We all want love and we understand that merging with another, obviously, is relationally important to develop the self and beauty and love and Venus, Venus, right, the expression of that. The maiden holds that, but her entry point is wound, and her entry point is conditioned and manipulated for thousands of years by the shadows of the patriarchal to actually define her as, yes, look for prince, and he will heal you. That entry point is so off. It sounds good. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> yeah. the wisdom. It right. brings the maiden into actually a negative aspect of the self when that happens. we you know, I mean, I've, I'm sure you've met a lot of women who are like, oh my God, you know, I fell in love and I fell in love with love and I had all these signs. That's something, but I couldn't. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop longing. I couldn't have done anything. Because the maiden can be intense, but it doesn't have the maturity. Right. I think it's actually one of the most important aspects of the self within a woman that the shadow will use to not heal the wound. It's such... It's such an easy target to use the maiden Mm -hmm. because the entry point is I don't have the power to heal that wound. I need the other. So that's the whole thing. Which is so, yeah, it's so ironic because all we want is to come into union and to find that place. And it's difficult, I think, because. If you believe in the divine female like we do, and I'm sure all, the, all your viewers, we understand that to be alive on this planet, it is about divine relationship. However it's expressed, it could be with life itself, but it is not about transcending life to to go to oneness. The divine female... Is not vertical in that way with the world, with life outside of us. It's engaging with life to embrace duality and transform duality, not to transcend it, because it's about embodiment.
0: Yes. It's a deeply alchemical process.
1: Yes. And it's
0: about including our human experience. Yes. Rather than transcending.
1: Absolutely. And, and. The shadow and the wound I've never I believe collectively is the one thing in the makeup of us human and all the ways we have evolved spiritually I feel like it's the one aspect when I've worked with so many people that in days fragmented and the shadow is still running the show And the shadow sometimes is not highly developed in one person. So that person will tend to attract other people who have strong shadows. Because ultimately, the only way you will heal the wound is to overcome the shadow. When it's not triggered inside of you, you're going to trigger, you're going to attract it outside of you. And that's when it gets so messy. How do you? Have the clarity to know what's yours, what's not yours. Yes. stand your feelings. That Where? adds another layer. Yes. Because
0: in fact, when we do integrate the maiden, that gives us an opportunity. When we do, if we do join with a man and if something, if his wound is triggered, then it gives us an opportunity to respond from our woman, right? Or to respond from the, the priestess within. So true rather than just then being in this sort of huge storm of of woundedness and he said she said and yes all this mess
1: yeah i think that when you integrate the maiden within the woman which is the first step to read to track back where she didn't get what she needed right around puberty and to give her that initiation It's the first step to have a clarity, especially when you are in relationship with a man, but also with yourself, to identify emotionally where it's coming from. Because we tend to think if it feels good, it's good. And if it feels bad, it must be bad. And it's not always true. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, we're getting like a drug, something from a relationship. Relationship that actually soothes temporarily the wound, but doesn't make us face it, doesn't make us transform it, and it's short lived. Yeah, that's so profound.
0: Yeah. And so, how do we have these experiences? Because it feels like a part of this work is really direct experience, which is also the feminine way, in a sense. You know, you're experiencing it through your body, through signals that don't lie you know, essentially, um, with that wisdom in the body. And and so you take people, can you say a little bit about that? You take us through shamanic journeys, deeply shamanic journeys, to encounter these parts of our psyche that we need to welcome back and unify with our fire.
1: You know, I feel that for anyone that feel like they're resonating with what we're talking about, that it is that they would work with me or work with you. They, if they would want to work in that realm, they need to really understand the difference between some of the work that is out there that is really powerful—breath work, yoga. Uh, there's many things that are out there, that are, but it's not about the female. Yeah, agreed. It's about transcending to then bring spirit in a certain way into the body. So it is honoring the body, but it's not, it's not about the soul. The soul is about going into the unconscious and choosing work that bypasses the conscious mind in order to go into the realm either of the psyche or either purely by accessing the body. Any mythology, I think, also can be an introduction to understanding the realm of the female. But I've had, I've met people who don't know how to make the difference and they want the female, but they think, they actually think that yoga is about the soul. And I'm like, no. Yeah, I agree. Ordinary, but yoga is the divine intelligence of transcending the mind. To reach God and bring it into the body through the technique of different yoga. That's I mean, I'm not a yoga teacher, but I've had a lot of yoga teachers do my work. But it's a different, it's it's you land still in the body, but the energy you bring in the body is sourced from different place. In, in this particular type of work, it has to be aim to bypass anything conscious. And it isn't really a technique, right? There are many body of work who use the body, but it's more technical. When you use certain structure of exercise, it access this. When you deal with the soul in what I'm talking about, it's actually, it's through the body, but it doesn't have a, It doesn't have principle in the way you move. Yeah. It's free form. Agreed. Like the female. Yeah, exactly. And to me, it's also very
0: wombic. I mean, that's how, how the work progressed for me going into the, the consciousness of the womb. It was so elemental and alchemical and shamanic. And it was really just always guided by the soul and the myths of people, you know, what the landscape is for them, like what their
1: story is, you know, their own unique story. Yes. and it, To me, the divine female ultimately is the realm of the void. The more you become spiritually awakened, the more sophisticated. Your ego will be, and sophisticated. Your shadow will be, the only part of the self that can never be duped is the fire of your soul. Only part. It's it holds the wisdom. That's what the shadow is all about. It. Look, even if at the world, the shadow of the patriarchal has misused God in so many different ways. In fact, I've met a lot of people who have used spirit and the spiritual path to dissociate from the shadow and- Absolutely. I mean, we've seen that with gurus, (laughs) where there is like that paradox that can shock people, like, oh my God, how can that person is attracting Hundreds and thousands of people, and in their presence, we feel spirit. But then we find out they're molesting women and manip. Because it's two different realms. In the realm of the female, it's the courage to reclaim. First of all, on the shadow. But if you don't deal with the wound, even if you have a good teacher to take you to the shadow. The shadow will morph. So the next time around, you won't be able to recognize it. So you still have to become your own divine shaman. And for me, in everything I teach, the intent is I don't want to do it to you because then you depend on me. I don't want that. I want to guide you to the part of you that can do it. And every human being has a soul with an aspect of the self. Yes, That's-
0: I agree. I've seen that too, that, that even people who are beginning, you don't even have to be a, a huge meditator or anything like that. You can take yourself through a shamanic experience of your soul. And that has been really beautiful to witness over the years, maybe with the correct guidance. But you're really empowering people to do it for themselves and to realize that they are the shamans of their own soul.
1: Yes. And I think with spirit, it's different. I mean, I have worked with extraordinary healers who really, I feel, channel God, I mean, and heal the body to release energy. And that's a realm that we all need. But what we're talking about is the female does now release. It transforms. Only every energy in the female is a potential for light. So it's a very different inherent intelligence. One wants to transform energy and the other one has the divine gift to release. Yeah. So we need both
0: in a way, right? We need that that what I call the quantum realm, which to me feels a bit more masculine in a sense. It's beyond mine. It's beyond it's in that different time space reality. But we also need that alchemical process within
1: as well. So oh, yes. I remember yeah. in a series, you didn't do it. I think it was it was the heart series which takes you back to the mythology of the creation of heart consciousness and your own myth of how it happened between God and goddess because the heart holds two parts, the receptive and the active. And I remember, I remember like so many people through the experience, they had to awaken to, wait a minute here, The divine masculine will always seek the feminine and the feminine will always seek the masculine. It is only the shadows of the world will have separated them and Mm -hmm. conveyed different belief system. And it's different collectively, by the way, it's different mythology to me, from what I've learned, the shadow of a man tends to be more wired when he hits his wound and he's in relationship to a woman is to reject the woman. He wants to separate the shadow said, no, 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 no. You feel weak. Well, you need to, to be strong alone. And the the shadow of a woman tends to deal with the wound differently. It tends to go, no, no, no. You need, it wants to move towards the man. So, for thousands of you, generally speaking, archetypically, it's been the tendency. But there is a change now because of the women's movement. So a lot of women in not wanting to play it out like that, which is weak, right? To be needy, to they've gone the opposite. in behavior, To make sure <laughs> that they don't get needy they've suppressed that part of them, but it's still holding the same wound that all women hold. How do we heal the wound? By connecting to the self and connecting to another, by not losing the self and by not going to the male warrior to protect the wound from others.
0: Yes, and by the facing, thing. by yeah. facing shadow and
1: sort of softening within that, not hardening. It's embracing it. It's the part of the receptive, I think, of the female that wants to embrace the wound. And in order for that to happen, you need to not be identified by the wound, either by collapsing in it or avoiding it, because it's most of the time, I feel it's in the unconscious Carlota. We tend to recognize when we're not doing well, when we feel the pain and the sadness and the loss, and we hit the wound in that way. But it's not the wound itself. Many people avoid the wound with joy and making different choices, but it never serves ultimately, I think, as we're talking about women, it never serves the woman to come into wholeness. It's like jumping from one fragment of the self to the other in a way, because we're multidimensional, right? So sometimes we use the positive in us to avoid what we don't want to deal with. So if we have a strong warrior and a strong sage, let's say archetype, well, it might be what we use to not deal with the wound. But there is a place in the female, but when you don't collapse in the wound, but you move, you become the phoenix. That energy transforms mm. and restore and holds the wisdom that anytime the shadow, either outside of you or inside of you, appears, it's so fast. You don't need to analyze, you don't need to think. It becomes so integrated in you because ultimately the fire we're talking about which is the other side of the wound is the eyes that through the darkness always see if we think in terms that the psyche yeah. and the soul lives in the part of the body that the mind can see the sun can't see it. it's not seeing inside the earth and our body is that the fire is the eyes that sees through the dark it can never be duped. It always knows.
0: Oh, I just got chills. And so as women, how do we keep stoking that fire I and think, being centered in it no matter
1: what? I think women have to go on a path to commit to discover what lay what what different aspect of the cell that lives inside your body that are part of your soul, what are they? Whatever mean a, a woman choose or a man, you, you have to make that commitment because you know, more and more do we hear the voice of the feminine saying, listen to your intuition. Listen to that voice, your instinct. It is affirming, don't go in your brain, go inside of you and Choose from that place. And I'm all for it. But if we think of the inner world as sophisticated, like the outer world, well, how do you recognize when you listen to your guts that it is the good part and not the bad part? Yes. Well, is it also like a question of sensitizing? When I say bad, I don't mean it in a judgmental way, but. Part of us that we need to not choose from, we need to heal and integrate, but we shouldn't run the show. I I mean it in that way.
0: Yeah, yeah. And when I hear that, I think about this practice of sensitizing the body and the senses, and and continuing to have practices that allow you to trust in your own. I call it psychosensual awareness, so that you become your own barometer almost, you know, you, you can take the temperature of things, you can feel into the truth
1: with more and more accuracy. I think dreams are really a a way also to, to give space to hear the soul, Mm. you know, to pursue that because so many people have, I think, very rich, like dream life. I think. Um, it has to be through the body, even if it's an invitation. But you have to be a student of it. Your soul has the wisdom. So it's how do you take the consciousness we have and aim it to discover that? Now, one of the things we can tell your viewers, to start with making the difference, right, between your ego, because it's, when you look at it, yes, you want to dive into the body. And the workshop, the maiden, or my workshop, it's set up like that. I, I, I take you there. But if anybody who is listening wants to start doing something within the, with himself, I think to understand that in the body, the ego is in the solar plexus. And to begin for people to do this simple exercise, just to begin, when I have a feeling, can I find out where the feeling is coming from? And even to just hold the ego, you know, just to hold it or to hold it mentally, to imagine that your consciousness, your eyes are going to meet that part internally and to ask, what are you feeling? What What is the emotion? What is the thought? It's simple. <laughs> Ultimately, you don't want to hold anything, and it becomes automatic. It's like the body is so wise. Once it's integrated, it will tell you right away. It will tell you in the moment. If your thought is from your ego, if your thought is from your higher mind, If your emotion and what you feel is from your ego, if from the wound, is from the, and it sounds so complicated to the mind. Like, what do you mean, all of that, at the same time, and hold the other person and know exactly where that other person is coming from. That's what we want to get to. Yes, but I think one of the first thing people can start doing, if they're not working with a teacher, to aim in the unconscious, the female, and everything in the realm we're talking about is to begin talking to their body and asking questions to their body. And the first one is if you're having an emotion or or even if you want to know, well, how do I deal with fear? How do I deal with anger? How do I deal with certain... Right now, I'm having this situation and I want to respond to it and now react to it. And I don't know. I'm confused. Just close your eyes. Think of the situation. Imagine it's in front of you, hold your ego, breathe. And then imagine you asking your ego in your body. What would you do with the situation? Whatever it's telling you, it's probably not what you should be doing. <laughs> but you in identifying, oh. It's this part of me react. And sometimes you go, oh, no, it it wasn't my ego. So it's coming from a different place. And you start making the difference between the emotional realm is having the discernment to know, is it the unhealthy, more limited part of you who is giving you the emotional real, or is it the wiser part? Because... Instinct and feelings don't mean you come from your heart and you come from your soul because right. mind also creates feelings and think thoughts. The shadow has its own thing. <laughs> That's a lot of So when the maiden is beautiful and all that the shadow uses it, it can look really pretty. It can lead a woman to be very seductive and manipulative in the wrong way by yeah. using the youth in that archetype. And the woman within a woman would never use the maiden to manipulate. She has too much dignity, pride, intelligence, but it's not the fault of the maiden. It's the way the maiden part of the self ends up being manipulated because the self, the woman, is not taking over that yeah. and including the other parts of
0: course. Right, and there are certainly moments when the woman must take over. You know, certain parts of our lives where we have to lead.
1: Yes. And I also think, you know, people sometimes have said, to you, oh my God, sounds like so much work going in the dark. <laughs> and, and I'm like, but it's not. I mean, it takes courage, but it's incredible to think that the body actually has a natural state to live in a state of a shaman naturally because a shaman can travel through time. The body can travel through time like this. So the infinite is accessible in the body. So if you through, The courage of diving in your body and reclaiming that inherent power it has, that is linked to your soul wisdom. It's extraordinary to think that we can heal and transform through this alchemical wise body. It's, it makes us fall in love with life. I think on such a deeper level that all, everything is possible. Yeah. Any dark needs to be transformed, because you don't want to reject the shadow. No. Well,
0: That's I see. Cool. So I see so many women being disempowered because they're not because they are continuously rejecting the shadow, and they keep going into the quantum realm and doing so much disembodied healing that they haven't faced their shadow, so they're lacking this sense
1: of gravity. Yes. Really, in their wombs and the depth. And they will never, you can't get the fire, you're going the wrong way. Yeah.
0: So the fire we get by going inwards and down, and it and it is a process that I see happening through those lower chakras as well. Yeah. It's also
1: the fire that heals, that has the medicine to heal the wound of a man.
0: Yes. And that is the Magdalene path, in fact. And and the Magdalene really holds that key to he- healing sexual woundedness. And it does go through the woman and not the man. As you said before, why gurus yes. that are having so much trouble staying on the straight and narrow with their sexuality, because they, they, their sexuality is not healed through the man, as you
1: said, but yes. through and the woman. Women need to understand that not all men are completely screwed up. <laughs> there are many men who are connected, actually, they don't understand it in their mind, but they understand they need to surrender to a woman, but they don't know how to recognize when it's the shadow starting distorting the woman to reject her or when it's the intuition that they feel in the shadow of that woman. Yes. Yeah. And when a woman has the courage to know all the different ways that her shadow will play out when she's in love with a man. it's It takes a lot of courage because there is a selflessness that actually does that comes from the power, the magnificence of who you are which is the opposite of the way women have lost themselves. Yeah. But the maiden waiting for Prince Charming and running the show in the woman, that's losing your power. That's how you lose yourself, yes. But a woman who includes from her fire reclaimed that center, that is an endless process. The maiden seeking love There's something that is much more powerful that happens, which is, I might want that man, or I might want what that man wants to give me, but I read that his entry point in wanting to give it to me is not healthy. It comes from an unhealthy part of him. A wise woman, a queen will go, no even if she wants it. Yeah. And on power. Right. Yeah. Because a queen wants the adoration and wants the protection, right, of the masculine in honor of all of who she is as a way to reflect back to him all of who he is. So mm-hmm. a queen who is integrated the woman, I'm calling it the queen. When we, because we're talking about the maiden, when the maiden is triggered and it's like, I want it, I'm, and the m- woman sense where he's coming from. Something is not right. She needs to embrace the maiden like a go. I totally understand, but not have her take her over. Right, And something bigger happens in the woman in that stand. To say no, because it's holding the greatness of that man. Because what that man is trying to give her in that moment, sometimes it's manipulative. Sometimes it's from his wound, but it's not empowering. She knows. And she says no, not as a rejection. She says no to take a stand for the truth. That. Mm is honoring love. To me, that is Mary Magdalene.
0: Yes. And that is really elevating for both. And that's where that queen can
1: meet the king. And that's the place that when a woman owns that, for any woman who's listening, the shadow of a man who is really bad, right? Not the shadow of a healthy man, because every man, every woman has a shadow. But there are definitely some men who are more on the dark side, (laughs) they have more dark than they have light at this point on this time. Once a woman holds that wisdom, the shadow of a man is repelled. I've always said, I don't worry. Yeah. Because I know I repel the shadow of men. It it will not come close to me. Wow. That's gold. (laughs) Everyone listen to that piece again because it's gold. Because shadow sense where the fire is to see it. So, and when I was little, I mean, I didn't understand it, but it's the energy I held. So I remember throughout my childhood, I just could read a boy, I could read a man. I could. I was like, no, trust, not trust, or compliment, but I don't believe it. My mom used to say to me, I don't understand, you have an issue with receiving. And I was like, no. I just see it's not clean. Yeah. And the maiden, you know, would, well, oh no, <laughs> you giving to me, you may. Yes. But I read that energy
0: behind. Yes. So many of us, sorry to interrupt. So many of us are also so habituated even from childhood trauma to accept any love, you know, any kind of love. Um, we have such a skewed sense of what love is.
1: Yes, and then it can take you in territory and in relationship. But if your entry point is always... Basically, to me, everything we, we need to, to learn and to keep doing throughout life is to find the place of surrendering to our oh. Can we include the personality, include all... All the imperfection, because for me, it's not about being perfect. That's like, I have no interest. But can we always be willing to always make sure that we are trying and aiming to have our soul be the captain of the ship? Because it's the captain who will magnetize the hero from the heavens.
0: Yeah, that's so beautiful. And when the soul is shining so brightly because our flame is shining brightly and our essence is so imbued in every part of our body, then we magnetize what's meant for us.
1: The soul is seductive and so clean. There's nothing that manipulates. In fact, the soul is repelled by manipulation. Wow the place of integrity. This is so beautiful, Domi. Thank you so much. Wow. <laughs> <I, laughs>
0: There's so much to talk about and I feel like I want to invite you back to speak about so many things because I know this is just the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg because you know there's so many other things that you look at you know the even motherhood and um yes yeah inner child and you know so so many different things But i'm so i'm so grateful for these
1: teachings and for your presence but we should also do that where as we sh- we share back and forth how what where you go and how you do it and how I do it, within the same realm, I think it would be so fascinating for your viewers to go, wow, within that realm, there is different way of expressing it, but it is anchored in the same world, the same principles. Yes. It's a linear, it's
0: not a technique. Exactly. And it's been so rare for me to find someone, I think you're really the only person who I feel... You know I can explain what I do too and you yes. understand. It's a very difficult thing to describe this work and you but do it so beautifully. It's it's a real yeah. Exactly. That feminine realm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Domi. Is there anything you want to add or can we know where to find you? We will add all your links at the bottom of this email, of course.
1: Wonderful. That's thank you. <laughs> So invite cool. me. Thank you for trusting me. I always say thank you because you know, if hundreds of people would not have trusted me throughout the years, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't know the wisdom that is not here, but that lies in me. So I'm always grateful for the people who trust me.
0: Yeah, that's so true. We learn about
1: life force energy by working with people. Yes, being I in that space, would know nothing, if only I would never have done a workshop. It's it's really the relational relationship with people that allowed my own self, you know, to so it keeps you humble. Yeah, because it's yeah. equal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Dami. We feel your your heart and your. Yeah. Your fierce love.
1: <laughs> magical.
0: Yeah. We'll speak again soon. Bye.